Yo, and hello. Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? Because you're gonna, if you don't, and it's a good show. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we're talking about Season 1, Episode 25, The Awful Truth, first aired March 19th, 2004, written by Will McRobb and directed by Eleanor Lindo. Eleanor Lindo also has directing credits for series like Heartland, Ransom, Street Legal, Murdoch Mysteries, three different iterations of Degrassi, and the Roxy Hunter movies. Gee, could she be from Canada? I will make a note. Um, we are recording in the middle of a uh, thunderstorm. So if you hear some rain noise in this episode, enjoy. Added ASMR. An amazing memory. Not really. Just certain things tend to stick in my head for some reason. Kind of like what happened yesterday. So we, we kick off this episode in the hallway. Lily approaches Travis while she's at his locker. And she pulls this weird move where she's like, can I open your locker for you? <laughs> Is, is this how you flirt? This is how can, you flirt. Can I break in to your house? There's a weird energy going on because, of course, Lily and Travis kissed at the end of the last episode. So Lily's like, things stick in my head sometimes, you know, like what happened yesterday. We should talk about that. And Travis is like, I don't know, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, and Lily clearly wants to make something out of it. And Travis wants to move on to pretend that it didn't happen. Um, and then Audrey comes up and interrupts the pair. Ooh, awkward. And and sees that Lily has uh, Travis's lock in her hand. She's like, oh, I thought I was the only one allowed to, to break in. He's like, Lily's a great safe cracker too. And Audrey's like, as good as me? And he says, no, no one's as good as you. And Lily kind of looks on disappointed as they kiss. And like, they're, they're very like wrapped up in each other. Like the yeah. way her hand is curled around his neck is very weird. And it turns out that's a theme at Roscoe right now. Everybody is making out in the hallways. Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't remember seeing people openly make out in the hallways of my high school. Like, I remember sometimes some of like the young emo kids would be like sitting all wrapped around each other, but I don't remember them making out. I just remember them kind of like sitting in each other's laps and then the chaplain would get pissed off as she's walking by and tell them to like make room for Jesus or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember the open makeouts and it's like everybody like Waller's walking through the hallway like all pissed because just everyone's kissing public displays of affection need a very special announcement i'm gonna have to combat pdas with pdas come again sir principal's disciplinary action so Waller's walking around openly disgusted by all the teams making out in his school and he tells kim like i've got to put a stop to this i'm gonna you know start putting out pdas principal disciplinary announcements or whatever. Kim's putting up a poster that just says, I listen to Cougar Radio. And Robbie's sitting on a bench nearby and they end up hooking up. Speaking of weird will-they-won't-they chemistry, Kim basically offers Robbie like, hey, there's a slot opening at Cougar Radio. You know, I know you messed up your first time, but you could take another shot. Which is weird because she just had him on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she's referring yeah, to what like, was What was like the, the audition process for that? Like, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't they just keep that bit going? Yeah, right? Like, I feel like that was just like, I feel like having Robbie on the radio. Okay, you're on the radio now. (laughs) This is fine. I also need to point out, um, as Waller's going through the hallway of this, like, sea of teens making out, he's breaking up couples, and there's one that he breaks up, and I guess the guy has, like, the girl's lipstick all over his face, and Waller just hands him, like, a beige towel that he just, he had. Just has this collection of small towels on hand. 
Why? To clean up the school. Does he want that towel back? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so Kim offers Robbie the position and it's very much like, you know, she's saying, oh, we have good chemistry. And he says professional or personal. And she's like, is there a difference? So still getting very much of this like, you know, potentially romantic energy between Robbie and Kim. Hi, I'm Dr. Mark Questions, inventor of the Truthmaster 5000. And I'm Shady Lane, a singer-songwriter and well-known radio host. Dr. Questions, a machine that actually gets to the truth? So we're in the station and the gang is doing a bit uh, where they're doing like this fake commercial for the Truthmaster 5000. And uh, they're using it to unpack Waller's uh, PDA, his principal disciplinary announcement from that day where he's talking about um everybody kissing in the hallways and they're they're using travis's famous at this point um (laughs) pitch tuner uh so ray can do like a bit kind of translating everything that waller has said and we get like this (laughs) this fun line in uh waller's announcement where he says i just think school is a place to learn the abcs and not the birds and the bees which a this is a high school so (laughs) if you're learning if you're learning the alphabet and not sex ed you got problems that's a problem i i I like this very open statement that waller is anti-sex sex education oh no waller Waller. Yeah, I know that's true. You should absolutely be learning about the birds and the bees in high school. It's a cute bit, though. I feel like when he remembers to use it, the pitch control ends up being a fun time on the Radio Free Roscoe show. And it's really amazing how quickly the gang comes up with these bits and how like well they execute them because they're oh, yeah. they're all like coordinated so well of everybody knowing when to come in and production of them. It's just it's great. These these fourteen year olds have more talent and more dedication than I ever did at 14. So they they end their successful segment and they're getting ready to take off and Lily says that she and Travis have to hang back for a bit to talk about uh you know the single just single things. Ray says well don't you guys cross any lines or whatever because you know Waller's been talking about crossing lines um all afternoon and he says oh no don't worry it's just me being being mean battled ray and he and robbie take off and lily tries to talk to travis again about like what are they going to do about this whole kiss situation and travis doesn't see why he should tell audrey he's like you know why should i hurt her she did nothing wrong but you know lily's arguing that it's a manner of honesty and also lily is clearly very confused about her feelings because she explains how she was hurt about the fact that you know travis and audrey were kissing in front of each other and that Travis doesn't want to break up with Audrey. It's all very confusing. And Travis says, I'm very confused. <laughs> and I think we all are. <laughs> Travis and Audrey were kissing in front of each other. Which, like... <laughs> Oops. Oh, man. It's just like making out with their own hands, looking at each other. And then uh, we cut to Robbie, who's still outside. And, uh, <laughs> like ADR in, you can hear him go, oh, my notebook. Yeah. So I guess he's got to go back into the station. Whoa. So we see him come down the, the stairs of the shed, which also, this is another thing that we haven't talked about uh, about the shed. I I don't understand the, the layout of it. So is, yeah. is most of the station 
underground, like <gasps> literally underground. It's because, an underground radio station. Because they, they've got a, a staircase going down into it, but it looks like the entrance to the shed itself is on like ground level. Yeah, that's intense. It's int- I'm I'm very curious about the the layout of this shed. But yeah. we see uh, Robbie come down the the stairs, and he can see Lily and Travis sitting on the couch through the glass. And also, I don't know how they didn't hear him either opening the door or coming down the stairs because they're mm-hmm. he's, he's like right by their heads. Um, yeah. But because he's so close, he's able to to hear their argument. And Lily says, "Look, we've got to face this. We kiss, and it wasn't like a platonic thing. This was like a real kiss." So, uh, Robbie, Robbie knows what happened now. What's gonna yeah. happen? I honestly don't know how he heard them so clearly, though, because they're talking at speaking volume with the panel of glass. Like, I feel like he would just hear, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it, with with the amount of time that they put into that station, turning it into like a, a proper place to to you know record a, a radio show and to record a single. Like, it's probably Mm. pretty soundproofed. There's probably some sort of barrier to it. Yeah. But yeah, so Robbie, I guess, overhears, and he takes off up the stairs because Lily's getting ready to leave because she's trying to get Travis. She's like, Travis, say something. (laughs) We just get a lot of, like, very good Travis wide-eyed stares and blinks. He just kind of looks at Lily. Yeah, just blinks and head shakes. Yeah. It's completely forgotten how to speak. Oh yeah, this is this is Travis' emotion. Something's short-circuited and he's not quite sure what to do next. <laughs> Just kind of staring at her mouth agape. And Robbie's taking off, Lily's taking off, and now Robbie, yeah, Robbie knows what's up. Isn't this great? Hanging out with my brothers. We're like the three amigos. Travis, my man. I was my big-time music producer. We go to Mickey's where Robbie's hanging out, and Travis comes in because... There's no other place to hang out. Like, this scene is so awkward because everyone converges there because it's the only place in Roscoe where teens go. So Robbie and Travis have this very awkward interaction where Robbie, like, dances around the fact. It's like, so, uh, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? And Travis is like, no. And then they're really trying to twist the knife because Ray comes in and he's, like, super jovial. He's like, hey, guys, we're brothers. We're best friends. Look at us, three amigos. Oh, Travis, Mr. Producer Man, I'm so proud of you. You did such a good job and it's it's the nicest he's ever been to travis yeah he and like it sucks oh, he fully says like i'm not jealous like i was you did such a good job i can't get the song out of my head and then uh lo and behold lily's at the counter because of course lily is there too <laughs> and it's just so awkward because ray pulls her over all of his other friends are super sullen and he's not really cluing in he's just hugging everybody being like hey we're the best and it's just uh it's a big oof, man. Poor Ray. <laughs> All right, here, why don't you just take these, okay? Wipe off your mouth, and then go wash them out with some. I don't understand. My conduct parameters are supposed to inhibit this kind of behavior. So when we go back to the school, there's still couples making out in the hallway, and we get, like, a really prime look at some some 2000s fashions. I'm really appreciating... So we, we start just on a couple making out, and the girl, this couple, has three skinny headbands on. Um, her hair is in either a loose bun or a very short ponytail. It's got some very clear, chonky highlights in it. And yes. three separate headbands. And he's in, like, a rugby shirt. And mm-hmm. his hair is, like, the the front of it is, like, spiked oh. up a little bit. 
Yes. Like, and he's got some chalky highlights looks. too. Prime looks. I mean, it might just be this still, but it, it looks like she is kissing, like, not his bottom lip, but, like, the the kind of curve underneath his lip. So, like, yes. not, like, the actual flesh of his lip, like, the skin right underneath it. I do really like the three headbands, because it's just, like, you gotta keep those strands in check. Like, not one headband, <laughs> not two headbands, but three headbands and a bun. Like, just, like... You gotta gotta keep that hair under control. Yeah, Waller said no sex ed, and they were like, "This is what protection is, right?" Yes. <laughs> Our making out couple is broken up by Waller, who's basically giving out tickets to people that he sees make out in the hallway, and he, he gives them to about three couples before he just kind of stops right beside Lily's locker and just kind of like slumps <laughs> back against it and just like, "Why are they like this?" <laughs> <laughs> to, to Lily, yeah, it's just it's so weird. Yeah, and she's just like, well, she's like, just minding her own business. <laughs> it's very strange, but you know, she's she's clearly dejected, and you know, is half talking about her own thing when she says, "Well, you know, you make something taboo. People just wanted more." Um, so then Waller leaves, and we cut to Robbie and Kim who are discussing the the Cougar Radio position. We find out that she's given it to to Robbie. And they're going to be talking on the air. So they they do kind of like a, a fake little like news interview bit with her holding like a, a fake microphone. And it's very cute. It is very cute. And they're talking about everybody um, making out in the hallways. And she's like, why do you think it is? And he's like, I think it's like a Pavlovian reaction to the school bell. And then the bell goes off. And Kim's like, well, that explains why my hand is lightly resting on your arm. <laughs> it's, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's so cute. It's spicy. <laughs> but then Waller comes by and she immediately like takes her hand off and she's like, yeah, sir, we got to keep those contact parameters going. And she kind of looks sheepishly as Robbie is. Robbie's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, you know, she's intrigued by Robbie and, you know, Robbie's, you know, well, he's not full on question mark during the day. He's kind of, you know, he wants to shake things up, but she's still very much in that cougar radio sucking up to the principal bubble. Yeah, it's it's kind of, I, I love the Kim and Robbie storyline because it's just like, it's very like you're just waiting for it to happen. And it's, yeah. so, much, it's so much less drama than the rest That's of the true. game. It's so much less drama. Like, you know. Yeah, it's it's far less of a web. It's these two and like Lily kind of knows what's going on, but nobody bugs Robbie about it. Robbie's just like, you all need to deal with your shit. <laughs> He's like, I know who I like. Love oh, it. man. So in this week's KingCon commercial break, we are talking about the latest buzz. So the latest buzz first aired from 2007 to 2010. It was produced by DHX Media, which if you'll remember from previous episodes, is the merger of Decode Entertainment, who worked on RFR and the Halifax um, Entertainment Company. And it aired on the Family Channel, just like RFR. So uh, I'm not going to go too deep into the crew because there are names that we've heard before. This was created oh. by Brent Piaskowski who we know uh, from RFR, from Life with Derek, has worked on like a ton of shows in this time. And the executive producers of the show include Brent, Stephen Denure, Beth Stevenson, and Neil Court, who again are all names that we've heard before in kind of shows at the same time. So similar crews uh, working, um, which makes sense. You're working within a similar time frame. 
just in the Canadian media industry, which is so yeah. incestuous. <laughs> the latest buzz was a series um, about a, a like young um, teen magazine. So this is the, the synopsis from the Wikipedia page. It says, in this series, a struggling youth magazine, Teen Buzz, replaces its staff with actual teens. Instead of being in class, five young 14-year-old writers take their last period of the day at the magazine's office, learning about the fast-paced world of publishing. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Are you kidding yeah. Me? <laughs> so so this this was like a really fun show to me. And like, I, I knew it wouldn't have aged well. I thought the acting was really cheesy when I watched it. But it was one of those ones that was kind of like RFR to me and that like the premise itself was like, I want to do that. I yeah. want to have a class where I'm like publishing for a real magazine. And it was just like, it was one of those really cool premises that just, it seemed tangible. It seems like something that you could do where it wasn't like, I want to be a secret teen pop star. It's like, no, I just, <laughs> I just want to hang out with my friends, write a magazine. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that's what I really like about um, Canadian shows of of that time is that they're just <laughs> they're <tangible>. attainable. <laughs> they're attainable. <laughs> attainable goals. <laughs> attainable goals. So just going to the cast, we've got kind of five main characters in this show. The five students that work at Teen Buzz. So kind of the main character of the show is Rebecca. She um, does the student issues column, which is called In So Many Words, and she's kind of like the awkward kind of go getter. She's very plays by the rules and wants to do a good job and doesn't, you know, is, is very, very much like the, the good one, the good nerdy one. <laughs> um, so she was played by Zoe Belkin, and this was kind of her breakout role. She's had some sporadic roles since in shows like Degrassi, The Next Generation. She was also in the 2013 adaptation of Carrie, the film Carrie. So it was her breakout role, but she kind of like broke out a few bricks. Like, <laughs> didn't really explode onto the scene. <laughs> no, I, I should say that this was, like, her first major role. It was the first major role for a lot of them. Um, I yeah. didn't, I haven't been able to find um, a ton about her, but I did find this article from the Toronto Guardian that's called A Day in the Life with Toronto Creative Zoe Belkin. Okay. So I'll read this out. Zoe Belkin is a Toronto native who has been acting professionally since she was 12 years old. She has worked alongside Julianne Moore, Chloe Grace Moretz, Abigail Breslin, Mira Sorvino, Alexandra Shipp, Amanda Crew, and Adam Brody. Her work taking her around the world from Kelowna, British Columbia to Budapest, Hungary. Zoe also excels in her other aspects of creative arts. She is an avid painter in oil and acrylics, writes poetry and short stories, takes painting classes at, at OCAD, and is currently working on a film script with a writing partner. You can always find Zoe practicing her lines for auditions and jobs in a local coffee shop or Trinity Bellwoods Park. Zoe is curious, determined, and confident. Like most actresses, she is constantly in class, working on her craft, and enjoys meeting and collaborating with other actors and artists. This article was written by Zoe's best friend, Riley Zuckerman. Ah. <laughs> it's, very, it's very cute, and then it's got yeah. some photos of her on set and some photos of her paintings as well. I do love, like, it d definitely makes Zoe Balkan sound like somebody I'd want to hang out with. <laughs> like, this is something your best friend writes about you. Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, it's just really sweet. Um, so then we've got Noah. Um, he's played by Justin Kelly. Noah is, like, the kind of, not bad boy, but the, like, the sarcastic kind of, kind of loner-ish character of the show, if I remember correctly. He does the music column. It's called Ear to the Ground. 
Just like Zoe, this was an early role for him. And then he went on to play Jake Martin in Degrassi, The Next Generation. Then he took on recurring and lead roles in series like Open Heart, Between, and Winona Earp. And is currently still acting, most recently playing Jesse in Hudson and Rex, which is like a buddy cop TV series about a guy whose partner is a dog. Oh, no. <laughs> All cops are like bastards. Like a talking dog? <laughs> especially that dog. <laughs> there are no good cops. There are no good boys. <laughs> there are no good boys. So then we've got Monroe Chambers as Wilder. Wilder does the gaming column, which is called Game On. He's he's a goof. He's a goofy character. He's kind of like a skater dude kind of person. Uh, he went on to play Eli Goldsworthy in Degrassi, The Next Generation. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> he was also in the Michael Cedar film, Sadie's Last Days on Earth. Ah. And he's done various other roles since Degrassi, and has been in series like Second Gen, which also stars our boy Al McAdam. Oh, nice. Then we've got Demetrius Joyette as Michael. He does the gossip column, which is called Name Dropping. Um, he was actually in a lot of stuff before the latest buzz shows like uh, Darcy's Wild Life and the Roxy Hunter movies, which if you'll remember are directed by the director of this episode. Ah, yes. He was also in the series Wonderfalls. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> he had a bit part as Shoplift Kid. Um, but post the show, he was a lead character in the series Wingin' It, where he was like a guardian angel who had to get his wings by turning a nerd into a popular kid. Oh my god. Great premise. Which, tangent, makes me think of that movie um, Teen Spirit, where it was like, um, it was the girl from Nes Declassified School Survival Guide. It was like the same thing where the popular girl had to like help um, the, the nerd girl become popular and I think like be voted prom queen or something. But the stakes of it were a little bit different. The popular girl was dead and if she didn't get the unpopular girl to be prom queen, she would go to hell. She oh would straight God. up go to hell. And at one point, it's like she befriends her, and it's like, like she grows like morally, and then like, I think I think at the end she like makes some decision to like not help her, not help her get get to prom. And there's a scene with her like on the bus to hell. Jesus Christ! Like, what the hell, ABC Family? <laughs> you gotta love anything where the premise is that the most like desirable attainable thing in your life is to be prom queen anything else and clearly you are in need of serious help like, yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah so um that was that was kind of his major role after this as well as playing mike dallas in degrassi the next generation oh and then rounding out the the five main characters we've got vanessa morgan as amanda she did the fashion column she's called fashion forward she was also in My Babysitter's a Vampire with our girl Kate Todd um, and was in Finding Carter and the Shannara Chronicles. She played Vanessa in Degrassi, The Next Generation. You don't say. <laughs> we've, we've got a theme. Um, but probably most notably and what, what a lot of people will recognize her from now, she's currently playing Tony Topaz on Riverdale. And she's underappreciated. She is underappreciated. Vanessa Morgan also sang the theme song for the TV show. Oh, very cool. That's and awesome. Like, 
I I don't remember all of the words to it, but I I remember the theme song for this one very very clearly. It was like the latest buzz I want to know is not was, and it was like it was very. <laughs> I want to know is not was. Uh, what should I do? What should I wear? The coolest way to cut my hair. The latest buzz. It was fun. It's it, great. It was like a fun little theme. It is not was because it's talking about current things in publishing. It's cute. Yes, talking about tenses. I probably saw most of the show um, That's why. when it aired. It was one of the ones that I watched mostly for the ships. You got Rebecca Noah as like the will they won't they um, kind of of the show. She's like the the shy nerdy girl, and he's like the sarcastic guy. And uh, they were they were cute. And I don't know. I all I all I really cared about in series of this time were relationships. Ah, <laughs> uh, I know. Me too. Just get googly over people having crushes on each other. Especially when you're that age, you're just like, ugh, crushes, angst, blah. But yeah, um, a, a cute show, a fun premise. Um, I'll dive into some fun facts about it. So the nice. students attend the fictional Ernie Coombs High School. Wait Which a is adorable because Ernie Coombs is the actor who plays Mr. Dress Up. Yes, that's so cute. Yeah, so a very sweet nod to uh, Canadian media and a legend of Canadian media. I love it. There should be an Ernie Coombs High School. Let's rename all the like problematic high schools to like Ernie Coombs High School. Yeah, let, let's just find like good Canadians. Yeah. Let's, let's throw Colin Mockery in there. Yeah, Colin Mockery High School. This was Family Channel's first original multicam sitcom. You know, followed kind of the conventions of, of multicam and had a laugh track. So it's so very kind of different from the shows that we were seeing at the time. Especially yeah. if you're contrasting this with something like Radio Free Roscoe. Like stylistically, a very, very different show. Or Degrassi, The Next Generation. Degrassi, The Next Generation. See, <laughs> I think maybe maybe it was my um, thinking about the latest buzz when we had first conceptualized this, I had thought Degrassi would be the connecting tie between like a bunch of the actors that we saw. And in this case, it's true because every single one of them was on Degrassi. <laughs> but nah, it's, it's always Murdoch, man. As part of spring breakout celebrations, I don't know if you remember spring breakout, but that was something I always remember them promoting on Family Channel. Um, the latest buzz cast, Family and Cineplex Entertainment hosted a launch party for the show. From March 13th until April 7th, 2007, the latest Buzz cast visited Ottawa, Queensway, Oakville, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Winnipeg Cineplex theaters. Um, I think the latest Buzz really shows how small the Canadian media scene is. Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> because Ashley Leggett, um, who is Casey on Life with Derek, has a cameo in the show as herself. <laughs> Excuse me, what? So ah, famed Canadian actress Ashley Leggett. I, I don't know why that one's... It's so funny to me that it's like, that would launch you into enough fame where yeah. it's like, I I can play myself. I am I am that famous. Yeah. That you need yeah. to pay me to be on the show as yes. myself. This is, a, this is a fun fact for you. I was just scrolling through the IMDb to see like random credits if there were any other strange guest stars that, that were in it. And I did find out that Chris Locke was in an episode, uh, one of our favorite Toronto-based comedians. Oh, shit. Damn. We're so, going to have to find that. Yeah, I have to go on a deep dive of uh, the latest buzz and see if we can find the Chris Locke episode. There was a Best Of compilation DVD released on May 11th, 2010 by Video Services Corp. Yeah, they... um. 
I feel like they release a lot of weird indie stuff because they have like the like the film reel logo where it says like VSC. I think oh, that's them. That's them. I think that's them because yeah, they're always releasing like I don't know like monster movies. That I feel seems like right. they helped release Birdemic or something. I'm that seems sure. right because I I yeah. can picture their um their like bumper now that you've yeah. said it. Yeah, it is very a very generic sounding name though. Yeah, yeah, kind of suspiciously so. And then one one more thing. Um, I didn't, this is like hard to find a uh, fandom around. There, There is a, a fandom uh, wiki, but like trying to find tags for the show is hard because like <laughs> just the phrase itself, the latest buzz is um, kind of nondescript. <laughs> I looked up the, the latest buzz just like as a Google search and I got an academic um, peer reviewed journal article about tinnitus, <laughs> <laughs> which I really enjoyed. So the only thing that I was able to find was a Tumblr post that simply says, Canadian TV is actually four people, and most of them are Derek from Life with Derek. <laughs> uh, which I thought was a really great sentiment, especially in the context yeah. of, of this show and, and the the um, caliber of cameos. So um, I'll go into the reviews for this show. Um, these are from IMTV. This one is called Great Show. The latest buzz is a great show. I watch it with my younger sister and we find it hilarious. I happen to like the laugh track. I mean, who wants to laugh alone? It adds to the show. <laughs> That's so cute. It adds to the show rather than taking away from it. The actors do a great job too. I think they are extremely talented and play their ro roles well. The characters are very likable. They always come through for one another, which is a great lesson for anyone to take from the show. I love how they write about different things like music, fashion, sports, etc. Most of all, I love the fact that this show encourages journalism. Kudos to the latest buzz. I love Which it. Is probably like the just the the cutest, nicest review that we've seen for like any. It's very show. wholesome. It's very yeah. nice. Um, title of this one is "Gets Funnier and Funnier." I've been able to see most of the first season of the latest buzz, and let me tell you, the show gets funnier and funnier. Most of the stars were in their first acting gigs, but they get really good really fast. And let's face it. It's way better to have 14 to 15 year olds playing 14 to 15 year olds than having 28 year olds playing 16 year olds. Hello, OC? These kids are real kids playing the right age and they're friggin' hilarious, especially Michael and Wilder. And yes, the latest buzz has a laugh track. So do a lot of great comedies like Friends and How I Met Your Mother. Get over it. I did after less than one episode. I can honestly say that I've laughed out loud at every episode I've seen, and I've enjoyed every one. Each of these characters is fun and interesting, and the show is at least as good as Life with Derek and Hannah Montana. And people in India have already seen 20 or so episodes, and the latest buzz is number two on Disney Channel India, second only to Hannah Montana. Buzz also had the best premiere ratings for any show in the Family, family Channel's history in Canada, so people are watching and loving it. Why aren't you? I love this, like, very casual, like, it's such a good show, pulls out, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. premiere <laughs> numbers. They've got stats. <laughs> yes. But I do like the point um, that they make about these being 14 to 15 year olds, because that's, like, a very interesting thing to think about, is that, yeah. you know, these these kids are, are playing their age, and they're playing characters that are of the same age as our characters in RFR, and mm -hmm. the vibe of the show is completely different. You right. know, not just yeah. because of the writing, but because of that specific age difference. The fact that like, you know, some of them, they, their their voices haven't dropped or, or you know, right. just 
just that the, you know you're kind of in that like awkward 14 year old phase like it's totally it's a very different vibe than the cast that we have in rfr and it's oh, kind yeah. of like what i was saying um way back when when we did angela and anaconda and we had that little taste of um what al's voice sounded like when he was younger and how different that would be in rfr if he was playing ray when he was at that same age oh totally yeah there's such a maturity difference between like 14 and you know 19 which i think the i think the two nathans are 19 when they when they were doing the show and it's yeah it does change the the vibe of the show quite a lot so i did want to round out these reviews um i figure if i'm gonna get some positive ones i should find some not so positive ones so this (laughs) one is called trash need i say more damn i couldn't believe they would show such a substandard comedy on disney channel To summarize the serial in three simple points. One, pathetic acting. Two, god-awful script. Three, where is the laughter coming from? I think there is no (laughs) audience. Just pre-recorded laughter, the timing of which is plain awful. And awful is in quotes for some reason. If you want to check your endurance, then go ahead to sit through an episode. You will know what the buzz is all about. At first glance, it hit me like a remake of Lizzie McGuire with all the classic characters, but boy, was I wrong. I wanted to give this a rating of zero, but IMDb won't let me. Dot, dot, dot. Smiley face. (laughs) Wow. Again, with like the Friends and Lizzie McGuire comparisons. I know. And then one more. uh, This one says, it's very boring show. The latest buzz is a -A B.A.D. show. Very, 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 very bad and boring. The latest <laughs> buzz is a Canadian teen sitcom from Decode Entertainment aired on the Family Channel. The series ran from September 1st, 2007 to April 19th, 2010. I can describe the show with one word. Boring. The show is so boring. The characters are played by very bad teen actors. I hate it so much. They should stop it. I'm wondering how it is making money. The stories are very lame and the acting is poor. They at least should have broad, beautiful actors. The actors are not even famous. I mean... Go to Google and look up for Noah Brent Jackson. You won't find nothing. (laughs) Which I I will say is way overly insulting to the actors, but also Noah's the name of the character. (laughs) Yeah. No wonder you're not finding much, bud. Yeah. I I love it. So um, I'll wrap this up with our six degrees of RFR for this one. And this one's very close. Um, The editor of the magazine of Teen Buzz is a character named DJ, and she is played by Janelle Williams, Kim Carlisle of RFR. So that was like the most exciting thing to me when um, the Late Buzz first aired and I, I watched the, the first episode. Um, I was like, oh my God, it's Kim, it's Kim Carlisle. Yes. And I was so excited to see her in a show again. It's definitely like, it's not one that I want to rewatch because it is, it's pretty cringy. Um, <laughs> just like the the style of it doesn't, doesn't work and the laugh track is is pretty cheesy and just you know it's 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 very much one that's like um geared towards a certain demographic in a way that like even though rfr was it can still appeal i feel like at at older ages um but it was it was a really fun one and like but one of my favorite memories of watching the show um there's an episode early on it might even be the first episode um when rebecca first gets onto the magazine and she's got like a beret on and she does the Mary Tyler Moore hat throw. Ah! And I remember watching it and being like, I, as an intellectual, understand this <laughs> reference. 
Whereas you other 12-year-olds, you don't even know what it means. You're not nearly as erudite as I. Yes. Love it. That's yeah. great. But uh, a fun show, a fun uh, lockdown memory lane for me, and a, a fun look into uh, the incestuousness of Canadian media. And even Gustav Eiffel must not have had this much trouble with this thing. Here. Don't worry, it looks good. They don't lie to me. I can take it. So, uh, what do you really think? So, in the cafeteria, Ray's working on building his model of the Eiffel Tower, I guess, for one of his classes, and he's managed to get toothpicks all over his hands. Uh, Travis stops by for a bit, and Ray's asking for feedback, and Travis is super distracted, and he can't offer Ray anything, and he just ups and leaves. Um, meanwhile, Lily is also angsting, sitting in the hallway, trying to, you know, I don't know, symbolically play with, like, a combination lock, figure out the combination. Is it the lock to her heart? I don't know. Um, she, she just stole the lock off of Travis's locker. Yep. And Audrey comes by, and she's she's talking to Lily, and she's a little worried, because Lily seems out of it. And Lily's like, no, 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 I'm fine. Uh, clearly not fine. And Lily and Audrey end up chatting on one of the school benches about how Travis has been acting kind of weird. And Audrey can't seem to read him. And, man, just watching this scene, you just feel so bad for Audrey. She she did not deserve this. No. She's so good. Oh, it's, it's rough. And Lily's, like, trying to be helpful, but she's not helpful at all. She sees Travis looking, like, pained in the background. And she's like, oh, he's just confused. He doesn't know what he wants. And Audrey's like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And Lily's like, oh, I don't know. I probably don't mean anything. And then she gets up and leaves. <laughs> in the next scene, she, like, runs into Ray in the cafeteria, like, knocks over his Eiffel Tower. I just, I kind of like the image of Lily's like, I gotta go. She just books it into the cafeteria, <laughs> slams into Ray, knocks down all his hard work. Um... But Ray's not too mad about it. We get, like, a very, like, cute kind of to the romantic comedy trope moment where they're both reaching for a piece of the Eiffel Tower and they touch hands and it's very sweet. Yeah, it's that specific trope in rom-coms where um, two, the two parts of a couple both grab a piece of the shattered Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. People are like picking up things and they accidentally yes, touch hands. They're like, yes. oh my God, touch hands. What does that mean? Yeah. I touch your hand to your hand. And then Ray goes, you can, uh, you can crash into me anytime you want. Oh, <laughs> it's really cute, but it's, oh, he, it's sad. He looks so like, Alma Adam has the most beautiful eyes and they just have this sweet puppy dog look in them and it's just like oh it just again they're really twisting that knife in there just really feeling for Ray right now and for Audrey and uh, come on Travis and Lily get together <laughs> I would like to let you in on a little secret sometimes I make mistakes so after that we're treated to the grossest moment that we've had in our fire so far so Waller goes on the radio and decides to do a little reverse psychology. In the says, grossest way possible. Yeah. I was wrong. You know, of course you should be expressing your, your love for your significant others in this way. And I only hope that when I choose to do the same with my lady friend right beside you. <laughs> oh, in a pro pro. Yeah, so That's talk- gross. 
He's like his his way of getting people to stop making out is like a very veiled way of being like, stop it, or I'm gonna make out with somebody right beside you. <laughs> but it works. People stop making out because they're like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. And then he leaves and is very proud of himself and is kind of like giggling to himself. And then Kim takes over. Robbie and Ray have kind of been uh, watching through the window and then Ray takes off. Kim goes back on the radio and starts talking about sports scores and Robbie walks into the booth and turns the lights off <laughs> as she's talking. Wah, 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 wah. They're gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny. Like, I can't, I don't think she puts on a bumper or anything. She just kind of stops talking. Yeah. And then they kiss. I kiss. And it's, it's a lot. You actually think I do something that pathetic? But I'm so hung up on you that I do everything to break you guys up? Of course I don't think that. I don't care what you think. I care how you feel. Well, I don't know how I feel, Lily. And for the next five times you're going to ask me that? I don't know. 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 We go to outside the RFR station where Travis and Lily are arguing. <laughs> and they have this argument that goes nowhere. <laughs> because, you know, Lily's like, I need to know how you're feeling. And then Travis is like... I don't, I don't know. And I won't know the next five times you ask me. I don't know. 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 I, I remember it so <laughs> clearly. I remember the exact intonation of how he says it. Like there's something about like this, this end scene, not, not being able to talk about it properly. And Robbie is pissed at the both of them because they're being dishonest with everybody. And Travis has cheated on his girlfriend. Yeah. And it's just, it's just a terrible situation. They go into the station. Tensions are high between the three of them. Ray comes in in high spirits, none the wiser, bringing donuts for everybody. With so many donuts. looks like a Tim Hortons box. We can only it's gotta assume. It's got to be. We can only it looks, assume. Yeah, it's got the iconic little donuts on the side, and they do not show the top of it, because that would reveal that it's in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we can't say that. Can't say it on. Can't say that. So then they go on the air, and we get a very angry Robbie being like, oh. let's bring out the truth master again. Cause you, you're usually so big on the truth smog. Oh. Um, and then they, they play the, the clip from um, Waller's broadcast that day that he used to finally get people to stop making out where he says, you should express your feelings for one another. And it, it leads into a kind of veiled argument, which then leads to them going off the air so Robbie can kind of force Travis and Lily into finally telling Ray what happened. So after finally getting goaded into it, Travis bursts out that he kissed Lily, Ray. And, and Ray is kind of playing it off, but is, is very angry and it's kind of building. Pissed. And he's like, so, so you kissed her? So, so what? And, and it kind of keeps building and Travis is like, it, it's just a mistake. And Ray looks at Lily and he's like, Lily doesn't seem to think it was a mistake. Do you, Lily? Shut up, Ray. And the the whole group is just at odds. Everybody yeah. is upset. Travis is a blowout. Travis is trying to stay calm and like kind of go to his fallbacks and starts on a Buddha quote. And then it's like, you know, you know what? I, I can't do this. He can't even quote the Buddha. He is so oh. upset. And... You know, Ray goes to the Swami line, and oh, you do not call Travis Swami. <laughs> yeah, try, Travis. tries to block him in the doorway, and Travis pushes him into the wall. 
and kind of like points at him warningly and is like, don't call me Swami. And the corners of his mouth are so oh. downturned. It's Epic like, lip curl. It looks like you created a character in a video game and yes. you took the sliders to turn the corners <laughs> of its mouth down as far as possible. They're oh. so downturned. So they, Travis leaves, Ray chases him out, pins him into the wall and is like, how could you do this to me, man? And it's, it's so high tension and the two of them oh, are, are arguing and, and Ray's like talking about this like it's a personal affront and Travis is like, I'm sorry, but you don't own Lily and it's not my fault you didn't act on your feelings. And Ray goes and like raises his fist like he's about to punch him and Robbie and Lily run out and stop him. And uh, after he releases Travis, Travis takes off and Ray punches the wall and Robbie's like, so do, do, do we go finish the broadcast? And everyone's like, no, I'm I'm done. I'm done. And it looks like our gang is breaking up. Everybody is so upset. They're all storming off in different directions. Travis has dramatically popped his collar and is going off like into a field. And Ray is like walking along, I don't know, some... Some industrial area. Some industrial area. And Lily's up by a wall of posters crying. And... It's it's so upsetting. It's so oh. high tension, and our our gang is split up. So we could, we can only hope that the next episode, the finale of this season, oh shit, will bring us all back together again. Man, I remember watching like that this scene on the Family Channel and being like, oh, this is when shit's getting real. Like it, it's so intense. It's so intense, and I I remember it all so clearly. I will. The one thing I will add about this scene is, on watching it again, I think it's really funny that um, uh, Robbie's like, "So, do you guys want to go back to yeah, the broadcast right? when you're the one who shook yeah. the pop bottle in the first yeah. place?" Robbie, Robbie was pissed <laughs> and like goaded them into going off air to talk about it. Like you, yeah. you could have made this not happen. How how could they possibly go back in after that, Robbie? Yeah, so uh, let's go back to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have loved it if like it all it was just quiet after like Travis left, and like instead of saying that, he was like, "So I kissed Kim today." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Speaking of kisses, <laughs> uh, so so much drama. So we'll we'll have to see how this concludes in the the next episode. So for Mickey's disc for this episode, we've got All Over Town by Beautiful Two Thousand, Love Is Blind by Elise Besler, Far Away by Knacker, Bni by Sekadin, and The Awful Truth by Rainer Maria, which is also the title of the episode. Yes, yeah, we got our favorite Knacker song back. Um, but I think we got to talk a little bit about the song that shares the name with the episode. Although RFR4 at tripod.com is a little bit wrong here. The full name of the song is The Awful Truth of Loving uh, by Reiner Maria. It's from their album Long Knives Drawn, which was released in 2003 on the Polyvinyl label. They were a three-piece emo band from Madison, Wisconsin. Emo band from Wisconsin. You wouldn't necessarily put that together, but uh, they were. And then they moved to Brooklyn later. They were originally active from 1995 to 2006, and then they reunited in 2014. So if you want some RFR emo energy, you can check out Reiner Maria. 
I will say I found a video of the song on the official Ryan and Maria YouTube, so you can listen to their songs there. Um, the comments, uh, there's just two comments on the awful truth of loving. One from uh, user Funk Legend says, First comment, best band ever. I just blasted this song on my way home from work, screaming the lyrics at the top of my voice. And it was replied to by user Amethyst Riley, who says, Lol, I agree. This band rocks, and then in brackets, emotionally. So if you want a band that rocks emotionally, go listen to Reiner Maria. You can, uh, their music's pretty accessible in terms of being able to actually find and listen to it. Uh, being able to actually find and listen to it, which is becoming rarer and rarer for the bands <laughs> that are on RFR. So that does it for us this week. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also, if you're the emailing type, send us an email at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of RFR, what you think of any of the Canadian stuff we've been talking about. And feel free to leave us an audio clip if you want. We'll make sure you get on the air. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. (laughs) 